right, Avalanche fans. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to the Colorado Avalanche. And we got over the weekend. We still are without hockey. This uh, whole coronavirus thing has touched the Colorado Avalanche in some roundabout way, maybe like six degrees of separation, but it still has affected a person of the franchise in the capacity of a worker at the Pepsi Center. So we'll talk about that. Uh, We will talk about the simulated game that I uh, have been doing from my PlayStation 4 to the Locked On Avalanche YouTube channel. They played the Montreal Canadiens. That was on Saturday. We'll kind of get into how that all went down. And we'll talk about Alex Newhook and him returning to college. And that's probably the best thing possible for all parties involved. First, follow the show on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Locked on Avalanche. And send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions if you want to be on the Fandom Friday segment. What you are doing to keep yourself occupied during this whole hiatus from uh, from hockey, from baseball, from every sport imaginable. What are you doing to occupy your time? Send all that stuff to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. So I mentioned, yeah, that the coronavirus has hit the Colorado Avalanche and even, I guess, just the Denver sports community when it comes to the Pepsi Center. Because it seems like somebody that works for the Pepsi Center in a food and beverage capacity uh, has tested positive for it. And it has stopped there. So right now there's there's nothing else coming out saying it, it somehow trickled down to a player or a coaching staff member or anybody else other than that one person, which is a positive. But you just have to wonder, is it, just a matter of time before an avalanche player themselves might be te- might test positive for this because this can stay dormant in your system for a week or so. I think even a couple weeks before you finally show symptoms. So people could be asymptomatic right now. And people are kind of throwing around, well, the avalanche were in San Jose not that long ago. And that is true. Uh, and, and that's kind of where a lot of this stuff originated when I had my guest on on Friday that they live in California. And he said, you know, nobody hasn't really affected him or anybody, his family uh, direct. But when you live out there, you take a little bit extra precaution. So that game that the avalanche played was let me find that game. I just want to find the date. That game was on March 8th. Exactly two weeks ago yesterday. So if an avalanche player contracted it somehow and and they're not showing symptoms, this week might be the week, if they had gotten it, that they show some signs of it from that San Jose game. Obviously, you can be interacting with people uh, on other dates past that, but just from that San Jose game, which was on March 8th, maybe this is going to be an interesting week. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting week for the entire country. Uh, But because we're talking about the Colorado Avalanche, it might be interesting 
to see if an Avalanche player or somebody um, outside of someone who works for the the food and beverage department, which is tragic in and of itself, uh, but more of a, a, a named player, which they're not. You know, I don't think that that Senators player, which I believe there's now two Senators players, they're not divulging the names, which is completely fine. It's you know privacy. Uh, but it'll be, if that happens, we're all going to start speculating. And if the avalanche don't give the name, which they don't have to do, uh, it's no matter to me if they do or they don't just the fact that an avalanche player, if they come back saying, oh, an avalanche player has tested positive to me, it doesn't matter who it is. It's affected, uh, you know, uh, somebody on my team. I just want them to get better. I want everybody to get better with this thing. So we'll see. It could be an interesting week in that aspect. Um, yeah, I am still doing these simulated games. We did one over the weekend on Saturday. People seem to be very much enjoying this, even though the Avalanche aren't playing so well in these things, but they had the home game against the Montreal Canadiens, had the game in hand. Things were going well. They were up three to one. And I posted after the game was over, uh, my, how fantasy translates into reality because the avalanche were up three to one in the third. They give up two goals. The second one was with like a couple minutes left to tie it goes into overtime. And I think it was a minute or two in the overtime session. The Canadians scored another goal and the avalanche lose it in overtime, but giving up a third period lead. How many times have you heard that? Uh, but they get the point that, by my tally, brings them up to 96 points on the season. And again, I am not simulating any other teams. So I don't know where they would stand when it comes to, you know, the first place with the St. Louis Blues. But let's just say the Blues keep losing. And the Avalanche may be in first place right now. But who who knows? But it's, it's fun. So tonight is the next one. And that is against the uh, Minnesota Wild. That game is in Minnesota. And I'm... Throwing around the idea of the, the one game the Avalanche won was that crazy game that I simulated against the Nashville Predators. That game was um, insane. You can go rewatch these all too at the Lockdown Avalanche YouTube channel. I had them wear the uh, the the jerseys from the Stadium Series game, the first one against the white ones against uh, the Detroit Red Wings. So maybe I'll do that again because it seems, you know, if they're winning in that jersey, I just might stick with it because this is an away game and it's white. So we'll throw that on. And then maybe at a home game because they have not won. I've had four home games in this simulated simulate the season. Um, and they've lost all of them. They've gotten a couple points in overtime. But maybe I'll throw on the current stadium series game and just make that their uniform for the rest of the season. Home in this year's stadium series, away in the one from a few years back against Detroit. I don't know. I got to do something to turn the tide. Maybe superstition, whatever. Uh, but I was also on, uh, and this is out today. I don't know if it's out when it, it's coming out some point today. The At the end of the show, I normally tell everybody to go listen to Locked On NHL to get a full spectrum of news around the NHL and Sarah, the host of that show asked me to come on and kind of talk about Kale McCarr specifically, because what she's doing on that show is kind of giving out awards, just like I am doing on Twitter. Uh, and I put up a poll and it's, it's 
completely dependent on fan voting and that's who wins whatever trophy I have put up for that day, which I will start doing again today. I didn't want to do it over the weekend, so I'll have one up today. Uh, she's kind of doing the same thing, obviously, from a league-wide perspective and with Kale McCarr, I would say still being the front runner of the Calder Trophy. She had me on wanting to talk about Kale McCarr, which I did. So I'm going to throw that in here right now for you guys. You can take a listen. Maybe nothing new for Avalanche fans, but it's just an opportunity to kind of pump your chest out and feel good about the phenomenal rookie that we have in Kale McCarr. So here's that. It's about a 10-minute interview that I did with Sarah. So in focusing on players who could potentially be nominated for the Calder, one easy target is Colorado Avalanche uh, defenseman Kale McCarr. And so my first question actually is a little bit of a fun one. Is it true that in games in Colorado, when he scores, people will sneak Kale into the arena and wave it around? I have not heard that, actually. But... And, and the funny thing is, like, I have a lot of uh, fans that come on the show uh, every Friday. I have a different fan come on the show. Nobody has told me that. I wouldn't be out of the realm of fe- thinking <laughs> that it would be fun, but uh, that's interesting. Wow. I feel like this this is like the expose that needs to happen because uh, yeah. I I was out in Colorado before the stadium series uh, to go to that to cover the Kings for it. And since I got there a couple of days early, I was like, well, I'm going to go see an avalanche game while I'm here and ended up meeting up with a friend of mine who lives in Denver. And she was telling me that uh, it is a thing that it, that happens. But it, obviously he he didn't play in that game. And so I, I, I've never seen recorded evidence of this. And I really I think that if that if it is a thing that happens, I think it is the most charming thing in the world. And yeah. I, I need to see it happen. More. I don't, you know, and obviously I watch a lot of Avalanche games. I don't even see it like on the broadcast, like showing people just in the stands, waving it around after a goal, after just anything happens with him. Uh, if if they they don't do it, I mean, it, maybe they do because I, I don't really attend Avalanche games I, more. I just like watch them on TV. But I would rather them wave kale around than, you know, throwing maybe like kale smoothies out onto the ice. That wouldn't be, that's no good. <laughs> that would make the ice crew, that would not only make the ice crew really unhappy, but like whoever the smoothie landed on, because you know <laughs> that nine out of 10 people can't get it to the ice level. Like very also true. very unhappy. <laughs> very true. Yeah. These aren't beach so, balls. Yeah. So- Yeah. So let's turn to the actual substance of uh, the show, which is Kale McCarr, who is uh, really making a big name for himself uh, this year. So for people who maybe don't get to see a ton of Avalanche games uh, or just kind of know the name but haven't really uh, seen the impact that he's been having on the team, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Kale and how he has been fitting in on the Avs. Uh, I mean, as far as the, the Calder Trophy is concerned. The, the saying around Avalanche circles is you can't spell Calder without Kale. So it's almost like he should just get the trophy because it's in his name. It's his namesake. So he pretty much just deserves it in that aspect. But as far as the player, um, he when he came on, he came on the roster during the playoffs last season. And talk about something that is insanely difficult for someone of his age to do jumping into a playoff. And it was, it was a very difficult series that he jumped into against the uh, Calgary flames. 
it's almost like, here you go, kid, have at it, and scored a goal in his very first game. And I think because he played in those handful of games against Calgary and then against San Jose in the next round, prepped him for going into this year. He wasn't a deer in headlights when this this season started. And it was probably the best thing that they do. And they obviously had a lot of faith in him because if it wasn't for that, it would have been really interesting to see what they did with Tyson Berry. They were happy with what Kale McCarr did in the playoffs, knew his skill level. And because of that, that was a big reason they got rid of Tyson Berry. And Avalanche fans are not even thinking and remembering that Tyson Berry was a member of this team a year ago because Kale McCarr has come in and just blown the roof off all of the expectations he's had thrown upon him this early in his career. He's been amazing to watch, a joy to watch. The Avalanche are Nathan McKinnon's team or or Gabe Landeskog's because he wears the C, but Kale McCarr is he is right behind those guys as the face of this franchise early on in his career. It's pretty incredible to see. So he seems a little bit like he came out of nowhere, I guess, unless you are big into avalanche prospects or anything, uh, you may not have heard much about him. But like you said, he did jump in very quickly after his college season ended last year, kind of got his feet wet under him and uh, has been uh, great ever since then. Uh, So was there before he joined the team, was there kind of a buzz around avalanche fans about him? Uh, Did people expect him to get off to kind of this great start that he has? Or uh, was it a surprise to you guys too? I would say when he was drafted, um, he people, you know, said, okay, well, he needs a fourth overall pick. They had high expectations of him just because of that. And then he went to college for a year had a solid first year and then went back for the second year. And the second year he, he was in college, he went crazy. And because of him, uh, because of the season that he had his second year, then the expectations came so high. And that's when avalanche fans really, really got excited. Um, they, they, and, and, you know, him playing defense was another reason because the avalanche defense was really suspect for, a few years running. So they they knew what he was doing on the defensive side and what he could give on the offensive side. He's a offensive-minded defenseman. And the Avalanche really needed that. And he came back at a per or he came up at a perfect time, not so much as the playoffs of last year, of just needing some some to shore up defense as well as give them some offense. Because Tyson Berry is was offensive related. But he didn't really. He wasn't the best at defense, and and he still isn't. But Kale McCarr, when he came in, he's like, I got both those things covered. You don't need to worry about those. So um, yeah, I think the expectation for him because of his second he, going back to um, college for the second year, I think the expectation and and the fan excitement was sky high uh, for him to join the roster. Do you think all of the injuries that have sort of plagued the avalanche this year have given him an even bigger chance to show what kind of player he can be? Yeah. And he's done that. Um, he was out. I think he, he was out 11 or 12 games. And just recently we, when he came back, he just came back right before the season was suspended. And when he came back, Nathan McKinnon was out. And that was the first time of the season that Nathan McKinnon came out. So Nathan McKinnon's first game 
out with an injury was Kale McCarr's first game back from an injury. And it was like, at least we got something as you know, Kale McCarr is like I said, a defender, obviously, uh, but getting somebody with, with immense talent that can pretty much like lead this team and put this team on his back was huge when you're losing the superstar in Nathan McKinnon and his first game back against the New York Rangers. And it happened to be the only game before they suspended the season. He came back and had had three three assists. One of them could have been a goal, and they d- determined that it was not uh, tipped in. But he had a three point game his first game back, which got him up to fifty points on the season, by the way, which is you know a pretty good milestone. Uh, but he he has he has the talent, and he's insanely young. And for yeah, for him to do that to to come back uh, with all of these injuries especially, like I said, the big one to Nathan McKinnon. And just, again, just without real concern, just he's so confident in his ability. It wasn't, it was like, okay, we're, we're, we have Nathan McKinnon out. Let's just go to work. It's crazy to watch. That seems like it's been kind of their MO all season is just next man up and has been mm-hmm. really successful uh, just watching them from, from a distance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's... It's amazing. Like it, they, where they are, or, I mean, if this season doesn't continue, uh, it's still a very successful season for them. Uh, and to, to, to be in the position, I think there were two points out of first place from uh, St. Louis to even be there with the amount of injuries that they had speaks to the entire organization, not just the players, but the coaches, the, the AHL system, everything and they did they had to bring up a lot of guys and they all held their own while they were up so even for future uh possibilities of of what guys could do when they come up the the future is incredibly bright for this whole team and McKip, uh and McCarr has set some franchise records too right with his goal his goal scoring and overall uh points production he has yep um and and that's kind of like the downside of of what we're going through with this uh, league suspension because he he would have and he because he got those records uh, a handful of games ago in in uh, shortly after the uh, All Star game I believe going into February so he had like a full and then he got hurt so it was like okay but he had those records already in in his back pocket but knowing he still had a handful of games where he could just extend himself from those leaders uh or previous leaders he would he would have been he uh, you can only imagine like he the 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 stats he would have had could have been just insurmountable for anybody coming up within the avalanche system for a very very long time he was having an incredible year he had an incredible year if this is over but um yeah that's the one downside is seeing what after 82 game season what those stats would have been because they would have been pretty eye-popping and then of course the avalanche have the potential of having another possible future rookie of the year coming in with Bowen byram who could potentially be an avalanche member sooner rather than later or avalanche fans kind of like just really excited about the prospect of having these two uh, amazing defensemen on their team in the very near future Oh, no doubt. And I think it's because of what Cal McCarr brought and it, and with Bowen Byram kind of going through the same process that McCarr did. Uh, the excitement is already there for Byram, where, like I said, where, where McCarr, it might have taken him having that 
exceptional second season in college where people are like Byram. It's like a carbon copy fourth overall pick defender. Uh, he's not playing in college right now, but people are excited for him to come um, up to the avalanche and don't forget about Alex Newhook. Alex Newhook was their other first round pick last year. And he is, he's he just announced two days ago. He's going back to college for a second season. Uh, he goes to Boston college and people are are really noticing him. He he dropped to I don't know why he dropped as far as he did to 16 to the Avalanche. People were thinking he was a top 10 pick. Um, and what he's done in his freshman year, people are excited about him. But he's going back for another year. And when they get both of those guys, it's just uh it's insane. <laughs> it's a gluttony of riches, is what the Avalanche have right now. And uh yeah, both of those guys. Probably going to need, I know Newhook is, Byron's probably going to need another a year of seasoning. So after next year, when both these guys come up to the roster, it's, it's look out. So it looks like some exciting times ahead in the future for the Avalanche, including uh, hopefully the season coming back in some way and getting to see a little more of what Kale McCarr can do. Thank you so much for being on the show today and taking some time to talk about uh, the Avalanche's favorite uh, rookie player. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you tell everyone out there where they can find you and where they can find Locked On Avalanche out on the internet? Uh, for Twitter, it's uh, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. And I pretty much do all my tweeting through that account. Um, I don't, I mean, I have a personal Twitter, but I'm just, I, I use the Locked On Avalanche Twitter more than my personal account. So follow on that on Instagram. Again, just search for Locked On Avalanche. And you can also find me on another podcast that I do. It's not about hockey. It's about all geek culture with my uh, friend, Mark Turcott. That's called the Enthusiast Life Podcast. And you can find me on that as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. All right. So, yeah. Thanks again for Sarah for having me on. Definitely check out the Locked On NHL podcast to hear I'm assuming the Quinn Hughes side of things and uh, just in general, it's, a, it's a, a really good job that she does over at the Locked On NHL channel and talking about league-wide issues, events, things like that just from a uh, league-wide perspective. So definitely check that out. Uh, while I was recording, I got a notification and this doesn't really affect you know the, the hockey world so much because we're at the Summer Olympics. But I got a notification stating that Canada is pulling, it would pull all of their athletes out of this summer's Olympics if it is not canceled or postponed. I, it's maybe, I think it's saying if they do postpone it, it doesn't say till when uh, that they, that they would pull them out. If, if they keep it as is, as status quo whatever uh you know that's usually mid-august that canadians will not be going they will not send their athletes there if they postpone it maybe they'll keep them in until the the, the that postponement date comes and then they'll reassess uh, but for now if it stays status quo canada will not be in the olympics and maybe this could be the nba domino effect where other countries start doing the same thing and say like, hey, if you're gonna keep if you're gonna keep it as is at the date that it is, we're not we're not gonna risk our athletes. So I wonder if we see in the next in the coming days and and the coming week or two, 
uh, if you start seeing other countries follow suit. So kind of interesting there. Cause like I said, that's the next big one is, is the Olympics and the NFL. See what they do. All right. Last thing to get to is Mr. Alex Newhook. And I, I said it in that interview with Sarah, he is staying put for another year. And I think that is the absolute best thing to happen. There is no need to rush him. Although if he were to come up next season, I'm sure he would be just fine, but the team is in a good spot. They don't need him right now to be a savior of any sort. If he was, you know, if the avalanche were maybe struggling, maybe the conversation might be different. The conversation might be the same, might be, hey, you know, we'll we'll keep status quo and you go back to school for another year. So when you do come, you can help this team improve. But that's not the situation that they're in. The situation that they're in is we are we're fine. We're we're, we're competing. We're a Stanley Cup favorite. We will be for the next several years if everything still goes according to plan and we want you to be a part of that but when you get here we want you to get here take off running and the best way for that to happen is if he gets another year of seasoning in college he what he did this year was really open some eyes in college as a freshman so next year what you're doing by this also is putting a lot of weight on his shoulders Maybe not so much in college, but once he gets to, because all signs point to him having a absolutely incredible season next year at BC. So once that's over and now you're coming up into the bigs, now you have even some added pressure. And, you know, that, that, that was, this seems to be going down the road of Kale McCarr Central. And he handled it well. So he's on, obviously he's on the avalanche and... Newhook would have Makar to kind of like lean on and show him the ropes and, you know, how, how do I do this? I think we are going to see almost a carbon copy of what Kale Makar went through. They might bring him up if needed during the playoff run, depending on where Boston College is. They had a really good season, so you would think they're probably going to be one of the favorites next year to win it all, so they could go deep into the playoffs. And maybe they don't bring him up. If they don't, they don't. Um, but once – this season's over. Next season's over. Sorry. Uh, he He's going to be a lot of eyes. I don't say all eyes. A lot of eyes are going to be on him with their arms folded saying, all right, now prove it in the, now prove it in the majors, boy. And I think the, the best way for him to do that is to, to go back to college and have another incredible season. Uh, he, he, he looked really good. I, I don't watch a ton of college hockey. I will watch kind of like the Avalanche prospects. Wow. He surprised me in a good way. <laughs> so I think it's smart. I think it's smart, and it only enhances our future for the years to come for the Colorado Avalanche. So that'll be it today, ladies and gentlemen. Another week of podcasts, episodes coming at you for this week. <clears throat> Follow tonight on the uh, simulated game against the Minnesota Wild. Got to get a win there. Get up to 98 points. Hit in that century mark pretty soon, so... Tune into that. I'll post a link to that around 8.40, 8.45. Games are always at 9 p.m. Eastern. So tune in. It's, it's a lot of fun. All right, guys. Have a good day. Have a good week. See you tomorrow. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go.